What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 67, and this morning we have two very special guests to the podcast. One returning guest for your second episode, right? That's right. And a new guest to the episode, Caitlin. Good morning, guys. Or girls, I should say. Morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well. well. We're very excited. Very excited. (laughs) It's a beautiful day here. It is. It is. Beautiful day today. We might get a foot of snow this weekend. I'm excited. Oh, I haven't heard that. No? That explains all the bird activity in the yard. They're trying to fatten up yeah. before it hits. Yeah. Abby said she heard this morning anywhere from 6 to 24 inches is the current range. I had not heard that. I'm hoping for a foot. I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have our, our internal regulatory team here uh, doing a follow-up. I know we did a regulatory episode. I guess it's been a good year and a half. Was it pre-COVID we did the last one? Year yes. And a half, two years? Yes, we were not masked. So doing a follow-up, something that we'd hope to do a bit more regularly, because I know the regulatory landscape's always changing. There's always new focuses and things we're working on here in the office. Um, but just to start, and maybe we'll have Caitlin go first, just do some introductions on yourself, your you know title, how long you've been with TCC, introduce yourself to the, to the lis- listenership. <laughs> sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Caitlin Hagen. I have been working with TCC for over seven years, and my primary role is customer service, handling chemical orders, specifically liquid plasticizers is my specialty. And also I am part of the regulatory team. I am TCC's environmental management representative, AKA the EMR. So I oversee the ISO certification, the NACD certification, and work with others to do the Ecovadis certification as well, which we'll talk about soon. We absolutely will. And uh, Karen Benson as well here for the second episode. Hi, everyone. Yeah, Karen Benson. I'm legal and regulatory. I'm an attorney, have been practicing for more than 25 years. I joined TCC in May of 2019. And um, although my focus is on environmental compliance, I do a lot of um, contract review. I do some property management as relates to our sustainability program. You'll hear more about that. I'm also involved in EcoVadis. Um, so I have a lot of different roles, and I'm trying to be nimble and adapt as the company uh, requires. Yeah, one of the fun things with TCC, obviously everyone wears a lot of hats, uh, has a lot of titles, both, I guess, official titles and unofficial titles. Um, but I think one of the fun things with working at TCC, there's always a lot going on, a lot to get involved in and get your hands in. So, um, It's true. Yeah, I appreciate you guys taking some time to do another uh, regulatory episode here. And I know there's a lot going on, a lot that might overlap from the prior episode we did, but it'll be a good refresher on everything. Um, but I guess just kicking things off, I know we've got a good list of things to talk about here, um, but what are some of the core focuses or key things you guys have been working on here recently? What are some of the headlines on the regulatory front that, that are uh, playing a big role and you guys are spending time working on? Should I start? Please. Okay. Please. One of the things we'll report on today is the status of the trade tariff litigation, the so-called 301 lawsuit. Uh, we have an update from our friends at Diaz Law, and uh, we are involved in that trade tariff litigation ourselves. Um, uh, another thing we'll talk about is uh, what's going on with the so-called GDPR. Uh, that is, if you uh, uh, trade with the EU, you have to have certain um, uh, data protection uh, uh uh, implementation in place. Uh, we'll talk about environmental regulations where reporting is required. That's the so-called SARA Title uh, Two, and that's due in March. And then we hope to talk about our sustainability program, which is really exciting, and we've made great gains on that. 
So those would be my four main, main areas. And Caitlin, you mentioned kind of a little bit about what you work on on the environmental front of things, but what are some of the core things you, you focus on on an annual basis? I focus on our regulatory bodies, which is ISO 14001. So I will tell you all what is ISO 14001, how to become certified, why it is important to TCC and the benefits of it, as well as our other certifications for the NACD and ECOVADIS. Well, I guess jump right into it. The first one I have on my list is the situation with China, uh, various import-export regulations. Obviously, we have the 25% duty on a bunch of products, um, something that's been a hot topic for the last two years. And I know you spent a bunch of time working both internally and externally uh, with some of our sales managers, as well as some of our outside agencies and law firms and representatives on that. So um, I guess jump right into it. What's the what's the latest with China, with the import-export, with sure. the duties? What, what are you what are you focusing on? So I'll I'll divide it into two sort of big areas. The First is the litigation that I mentioned earlier, and the status with that is the Court of International Trade, the so-called CIT, is going to have oral arguments. Um, that's coming up soon, February 1st, and right now that's a three-judge panel, and um, they will hear arguments from both the plaintiffs, that is the chemical and, and other industries who are impacted by the 25% tariff, and then the United States government. And so to prepare for those oral arguments, they have submitted briefs, uh, which are, you know, uh, uh, cite, citing to case law and, and other circumstances that support their position. On the non-litigation side, there's been a lot of activity to the U.S. trade representative. We also, we did a letter, for example, but a lot of industry partners did letters to encourage the U.S. trade representative to not wait for the outcome of the litigation, to lift those tariffs now. And so... If I was a, a, a gambling woman, uh, <laughs> if I wanted to make a prediction, and this is just my opinion, I would say that th the feeling is the U.S. trade representative is seriously considered rolling back those tariffs. So that's great news. Um, it not only affects our industry, but it affects the whole United States economy. So there's a there's word that the, that consideration is, is under being undertaken right now. And rolling back would mean just turning them off on a certain day? Does it mean you get the money you paid back? Uh, it's a great a question. It's a great question. Um, the litigation would allow you to get retroactive recovery of what you paid. Um, but uh, no, uh, if, if they roll it back, there won't, there doesn't seem to be any indication there will be provisions for retroactive uh, recovery. Sure. That was, an, that was one of the reasons we decided to participate in the suit. So something we're keeping a close eye on, and, and you're right, obviously, where it impacts some of our large products, but at the end of the day, we're a pretty small microcosm of what that tariff includes, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of other players and people that are heavily interested in whether that gets rolled back or not. Certainly, yeah. Um, and obviously, we did a, a I guess, mini-series with our... Diaz Trade Law. law firm, outside law firm? I don't know. What do we... Yes, what are they're us? an external law firm, but they've been great to work with. They're really at the top of the field in this area in all kinds of trade issues, not just litigation. They're really great for um, compliance matters. They, they, uh, they're, they're just, um, they've got a great team, small team, very responsive. And, um, and I, you know, I have a lot of confidence in them. And a great miniseries we did with them, I guess, maybe five or 10 episodes back. Um, I know I learned a lot about, you know, they, they really get in the weeds and the details and, you know, both being prepared for what you're working on as well as if a 
mistake happens or something happens with or you customs get and border protection. That's right. That. It's, it, it's a informative little three-part miniseries. We'll put in the links down on this episode. Um, highly recommend checking that out. They've been a great resource for for us. Anything else on import export? That's that's been the big thing working on with with the yeah, China that, tariffs. Um, I mean, I, I I'll tell you what's related. If you're talking about trading foreign trade, it uh, it doesn't have to do with litigation, but it's the GDPR. That is the General Data Protection Regulation. It's been in effect since 2018. Um, it covers uh, doing business with the EU only, um, but. Um, whether you're in the EU doesn't matter. If you're trading with the EU, you need to comply. So it concerns protection of personal information, electronics. Uh, if you're uh, confirming your business via email or electronic contracts, for example, um, what you have to do is modify your practices, get your IT team to modify their practices so that any data that you collect in the course of doing business is properly protected. If you, for example, simple example would be you get a tax ID number from someone that you're doing business with, you have to protect that data to a certain standard, and that's what the GDPR regulation governs. Um, one example would be if you had a breach as a business and the data was released, you now have an obligation under GDPR to notify all the people you're doing business with that um, that data had, had been compromised. So I think we're pretty well set with that. We've got a great external and internal IT. And uh, what we've done is we're changing the signature on our emails to do GDPR compliance. So, I mean, I think that's the only other international topic that I have. The rest of mine are more internal or, or national laws. And obviously, as it relates to us, we're worried about B2B, other businesses' exactly. data. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming GDPR covers B2C and clients and, cust and yes, consumers rather than just businesses as well? Yes, it does. So if I'm buying a product from a European company, or that, that obviously the way they manage their data affects me and vice versa. Exactly. I know that was one of those, uh, what, that came out like two, three years ago now? I remember that was a, a big buzzword when that first came into effect, you know, the fact that it's coming into play and what it's going to include. And I think everyone expected it to expand to the rest of the world and a lot of the other regions to put that into place. So I think that's why it's been slow for uh, U.S. businesses to come into compliance. You know, uh, you don't have to wait until you're dealing with business in the U.K. Right. Uh, I, I would recommend from a legal point of view, a compliance point of view, be proactive yep. and do it up front. And that way you don't need to worry if you start trading in the EU. Yeah. Um, no, very important, you know, two very important uh, international topics and things we've been keeping a close eye on. Um, Caitlin, I know annually you work on our ISO certifications. Um, I know ISO, me on the sales side of things, you get asked a lot, you know, do you have an ISO certification? Can you send me a copy of it? Um, and I know there's a bunch of different numbers and things like that, but I'm sure a lot of people don't actually know what ISO is, what it includes. I'm sure all the regulatory folks know exactly what it is, but on the sales side or the product management side, I'm sure people are just asking, hey, can you get the certification? Can you pass it back and forth? So, I think a great, great update or, or information on you know what ISO is, what's involved with the regulatory piece of it, what it includes. Um, so I'm looking to get an update on, on ISO. Of course. So what is ISO? Um, the ISO actually stands for International Standard of Organization, which is 
sounds like a very generic term, <laughs> but it is very specific. So it is an internationally agreed upon standard that sets requirements of an environmental management system. That is the 14,001. It helps organizations improve their environmental performance through efficient use of resources and reduction of waste. And it is helpful for gaining a competitive advantage and the trust of stakeholders. So in the chemical industry, most are familiar with ISO 9001, mm -hmm. which is the quality management system. 14001 is the environmental aspect, the standard. And TCC was previously 9001 standard certified, but there was a shift in upper management um, goals where environmental sustainability became the forefront of the chemical industry. So it led to the pursuit of ISO 14001. And we've been certified to 14001 since 2018. And we were just recertified last year so that our certificate is now through 2024. Can you have both? Is it one or the other? Is one harder to get? Is it just a You can have both. What helps is TCC had 9,000 before. So we've integrated a lot of that quality into the environmental management system. Sure. So for us as a company, we're still toying with the idea if it's worth having both outright. But the 14,001 has been really successful for us and um, our customers are really appreciative that we have it. And obviously I'm assuming within ISO, there's a variety of different I guess, numbers or types of certifications based on if you're a manufacturer, if you're like us where we're, you know, non-asset based, I'm sure there's a bunch of different types that you can get. Exactly. I think there are others. There's, I don't want to misspeak. <laughs> I think there's like a 4,500, something like okay. that, which has a completely different set of standards. And I think you can maintain more than one. Sure. Um, the ultimate goal for TCC is to become RC 14,001, which is the responsible care which is a step further from ISO 14001, but um, a lot of the same principles, just a little more um, through the supply chain, making sure everything in the supply chain has the same environmental sustainability. Awesome. So I know within the ISO application, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of um, checkboxes, things we need to do for the application process. Um, I know I've seen you going around the office. I think we had auditors come and, and walk around the office and do things like that. Um, but what's actually involved in the application process? How do you go about getting ISO certified, either if you're a company that's never had it and you want to explore getting it for the first time or the recertification process? What's the what's the legwork behind actually getting a, approved for ISO? So it was a pretty big process for us. Um, a lot of learning curves for myself and others involved with the first, the initial certification. But the steps to becoming certified are you obtain the ISO 14001 standard, which is a large document containing all the compliance items you need, which is essentially, you know, you have to have an environmental management system that consists of a manual, um, environmental policy, policies, procedures that are related to uh, continuous improvement of TCC's environmental standards there. So what we did was we actually hired a consultant to help us since we had never done it before, which I highly recommend if that's what you want to obtain. Someone who's an expert who can guide you through the process of what is required and help lead you through that long document. <laughs> it's a lot to digest. So once we developed that system and all the uh, documentation and the programs, what we had to do was internally audit ourselves, make sure that the documents we had checked all the boxes, met all the standards, um, 
find areas to improve, find areas you might not be compliant and how you can fix that and document the process of fixing it. And you also do a management review with upper management. So president, CFO, CEO, meet annually once a year to discuss the updates, anything we can improve on, you know, gaps where we might need help if there was a nonconformance. And um, train your employees on, you know, what our standards are. They don't need to know all the meat and potatoes of it, but just the bird's eye view of this is our policy. You know, these are the programs we're implementing and um, their role in the environmental management system. Then once a year, you get audited by a third party. We use NSF. They are our certificate body. They come in for about, for our program, it's about one and a half days since we're a smaller company. And they audit all our documentation. They interview employees. They, you know, take a look around at um, the office and make sure that we're doing what we say we're doing. So once they finish that audit, they send us a report that will include nonconformances, which are um, essentially you have to make a correction and document your correction and analyze why this wasn't correct in the first place. Um, which luckily we don't run into those very often because we're very well prepared. <laughs> um, we also run into OFIs. They'll provide opportunities for improvement, which aren't necessarily you have to correct them like a nonconformance, but it's a nice area to continuously improve and um, make the program even more robust. And we do get some of those which are great and help us, you know, make a better company here. And then... Once you submit the nonconformances, if there are any, they will process it and then they say, okay, you've corrected your noncompliant, your nonconformances, you're all set to go, and they give you a certificate. And that lasts for three years, and we do get audited annually. They call them surveillance audits, just not as intense as the recertification audit, but you know, just still making sure we're doing what we say we're doing. Sure. So it sounds like quite the, quite the process. It is. Um, Some well, of the examples uh, are fairly, when you think about it, what you've been collecting for data, it makes a lot of sense. Just mm -hmm. real-life examples, we track our electricity consumption, right? And you can see trends uh, from year to year. We track um, uh, recycling for example, and not many offices do paper recycling, but we have an expanded recycling program, which I'm really proud of, and that's part of it, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. Um, we're now recycling difficult-to-recycle products through a, a program called TerraCycle, and I hope that during the audit that that's something that is going to show that you know we're constantly seeking to improve our environmental standards. Absolutely. So I have to say I've found the data that you collected for ISO very helpful for developing our sustainability program. So it's not just for certification. There's real-world applications uh, that you know we're using to to make our business improve, and and have a lighter sort of footprint on the earth. And so it sounds like the big benefit to being ISO certified is checking the box that, you know, by handing the certificate to a potential customer or potential supplier, you can prove the fact that we went through this process, we spend the time and the money and the effort to go through the certification process both every couple of years as well as doing the audits every year. So it shows that we put the legwork in, that we are conscious about our environmental output and things like that. And that's just kind of a certificate proving all that, you know, all the work that we've just done for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's really the benefit to having it. 
Absolutely. And there are plenty more benefits as well. Um, it does give TCC a competitive advantage because, as I stated previously, in our industry, you come across a lot more companies that are ISO 9000 certified. And when we have the 14,001, it's definitely a distinction among, you know, competitors and our colleagues. But um, it's great to know that we are looking ahead and becoming a company that really focuses on environmental sustainability in a world that is feels a little unstable sometimes. Yeah. So it's really great. And also, yes, as Karen mentioned, we do have some programs as well that help um, improve the overall environmental impact that TCC has. One of the programs, as she mentioned, is the recycling, which we have improved, and as well as, you know, the resources that we use. We're trying to go paperless by 2024. That would be great. We're doing really well internally. I was actually talking to some people that internally it's a really great program. It's getting our external people on board to stop mailing us invoices <laughs> or yep. things like that. You know, if we could be completely paperless, it would be um, a lot less paper we have to buy and right. resources we have to use. Absolutely. And we try to do them on the podcast. I just, I email the notes to people now like when we do our regular monthly episode, you know, just email the notes and everyone has their phone sitting there. So yeah, it's been good trying to do as much as we can to minimize paper. I remember when we first I think when COVID first started, we were next door in the next office and on the sales side, we really don't use much paper at all. Like it's all just emails. I know you guys do a lot more with papers and you get invoices and stuff like that. So I remember Carrie brought us over the little baskets like to, as like a mailbox. And I don't think they each have our name on them. I don't think a piece of paper has ever been in any of those mailboxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a very rare occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, this might be putting you in a spot a little bit, but do you have any idea what percentage of either chemical companies or distributors have some level of ISO certification? Like, is it a relatively rare thing? Is it, do we see it commonly with our either competitors or suppliers or customers? Do you have any idea? Um, ISO itself, definitely 9001, that is a standard. I see a lot more than not that obtain it. Mm-hmm. And it's still just as valuable. It's not that necessarily 14,001 is better than, they have different, you know, meanings, quality mm-hmm. versus environmental. Where I think we benefit is that we had 9,000 before, so we have the quality built into what we promote mm-hmm. as far as environmental pro- programs. Sure. Um, so yes, I would say more often than not, you do run across it. You just might not run across 14,000 as much as you do 9,000. Got it, got it. Um, one of the other programs I know we talk about regularly, and this is probably something that's specific to TCC and some of our distribution suppliers and customers would be the NACD responsible distribution. Um, yes. something that I know we've done for, I guess a little while now too. Um, but what is, what is that program? So the NACD is the National Association of Chemical Distributors, which TCC is a proud member of. And we were recently recertified to their seventh and most recent cycle of responsible distribution. Responsible distribution and ISO 14000 actually have a lot of overlap. In fact, when you are preparing your uh, certification for responsible distribution, they have a comparison sheet between 14001 and responsible distribution, hmm. which is another advantage to being 14000 certified because say you're just 9000, it doesn't exactly cover all the things responsible distribution covers. So we already have a lot of the baseline built in. And we use a lot of the same programs that overlap. There are just some differences, um, just a specific audit to their guiding principles, which I think there are about 13 different codes, they call them. But um, a lot of it is still covered. So we maintain that. And 
technically it's an environmental health and safety security program in relation to distribute distribution and it's similarly to ISO third party audit happens every three years. Because obviously with ISO theoretically it's not like a chemical thing it's any company producing anything anywhere or is it ISO is not specific to the chemical industry right it's a, no. a general certification. There are actually some I've seen it on the highway actually there are company buildings that they'll say that they're IT, ISO 9000, which huh. is pretty interesting. I think there's one off 95 somewhere. Maybe yeah. it's a Coke. It's actually a Coke, uh, Coca-Cola or distribution center. Yeah. I've seen it before. I'm like, wow, I know what that means. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's across industries. You just see it a lot, especially, um, for chemical industries. Right. But so the, so the, I guess the difference with this responsible distribution is that it's obviously specific not only to the chemical industry, but to other distributors. So it's something that we can be proud to say we're a part of and check that box off specific to the chemical industry. Yes. And it is a requirement of any NACD member to participate in that program, but we find it really useful and um, we enjoy participating. Yeah. Sure. Not, not only one of the marketing checkboxes we can check and say, you know, remember this and promote that, but obviously another good time to take a 30,000 foot view of TCC and our operations and what we do and, and make sure everything's in line and where it needs to be. Yes. And they provide a lot of really helpful resources too, to make sure that you stay in compliance and it helps all around. It helps with the ISO perspective. You know, mm -hmm. we use their um, checklist for warehouse auditing. We find it really useful. So there's a really good overlap and a good um, symbiosis of the two. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good point. I've gotten to do warehouse audits and I guess I didn't realize the fact that those are they come from the responsible distribution, mm -hmm. but that makes sense. Yeah. They have lots of educational material that we use. They offer webinars. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great library that they have. I, I regularly tap into it on a, on a broad spectrum of legal and regulatory subjects. And it's nice that it's obviously tailored to the distribution industry, and we're part of a lot of industry organizations, the Plastics Industry Association and things like that, but those are for us and therefore the billion dollar chemical production That's companies right. and the extruders and all this other stuff, whereas NACD is obviously specific to the varying levels of distributors. Obviously, you have the $5 million distributors and you have the $10 billion distributors, so you got everywhere in between, um, but it's great having the resources tailored specifically to us and our, our industry. Um, and the last, I guess, regulatory body we've been talking about, something that I feel like has been talked about more frequently, I think it's come up a lot more in recent years, at least for me personally, is the Equivatus certification or regulatory body. Um, what's, what is that program? So that is one of our newer programs that we are participants of. It is an annual sustainability assessment and it incorporates a lot of European and global uh, standards of environmental health, safety and security. But the difference here is that it does focus a little more on um, issues like labor and uh, human rights and um, ethics and things like that. So um, we actually just received our silver medal. Once again, we received it in 2021. Now we have it for 2022. We uh, Where's the clapping sound by George? Yeah. Five, po five points. <laughs> put, them yep. on, put them on the spot. We are up five points. And um, I mean, the ultimate goal is to achieve the gold standard medal, That's which right. um, I think is the highest. But we're very close. We're not far off. Just sure. keep continuously improving. I mean, we can always raise the bar a little higher. <laughs> yeah, it seems like one of those things that's been more popular or asked about from our European suppliers and customers, making sure we have that and, and that it's part of our program. So it's been great that we've been doing it for the last couple of years. Um, I guess similar to the other ones, it's it's 
something we can use on the marketing side of things to say that we have these certifications, especially helpful maybe with new customers and new suppliers to kind of give them a little bit more background about TCC and show the different programs we're involved in. So particularly new suppliers in particular, I think is an area where you found in this past year, we've been engaging more with not just um, inquiring of the suppliers, but uh, our investigation of potential suppliers, the due diligence that we undertake um, because that's what EcoVadis requires. So, yeah, it has, um, it's been incorporated into our, our onboarding uh, of new suppliers, definitely. Yeah, it's been interesting with bringing on new suppliers and new, new new producing partners, the varying levels of due diligence that goes into it. Obviously, A is, you know, do you have the products that we buy or that our customers need? You know, there's the regulatory and sustainability piece. Do you have these different certifications? You run things like a D&B report to make sure they're a That's financially right. stable company. It's it's amazing when you think about it, all the different things that have to happen to, to put a new supply relationship in, in place. And it seems like these groups and organizations and regulatory bodies will continue to grow and, and it'll be an ongoing and I think permanent part of that evaluation process and even just annual business, making sure you keep these certifications up to date. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. What's what's needed to get the gold level? Is it just a matter of having silver for enough time to get there or other things we have to put in place or... That's a good question. <laughs> it's um, since it's newer, we're still kind of learning more and more. Sure. Um, I think if we dove deeper, we would be able to find the distinction of okay, how can we get to that next standard? Because we're not far off. Yep. Just um, put a little more love into that program. Soon. Yeah. I would say labor policies would be one thing. So if you're, uh, again, we'll stay with the the onboarding a new supplier hypothetical. If you're onboarding a new supplier and they're abroad and you can't visit their facility, you have to find another way to complete your due diligence on their employment practices and the safety of their plant and their manufacturing processes. That would be an example. Um, so we source products from all over the world, sure. and it's really it's not difficult to go to Texas, to, to you know to meet with a new potential supplier. It's more challenging in this day and age to go to China, let's say. So we're finding mechanisms and um, methods of doing that, and then we can increase our score next year because of how we complete our due diligence. That would be one concrete example. Right. And obviously, I think you mentioned we had more points this year than we've had in prior years. So not to the gold level, but higher on the silver level. So that's good. So we're moving in the right direction. Definitely. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so a lot of things we're keeping an eye on on the regulatory front, on the sustainability front. Um, I know we've been doing some work internally with our own TCC sustainability programs. I guess I'm sure a lot of it comes or is derived from some of these programs and a lot of the things that maybe are your initiatives or Rob or Nick or Carrie's initiatives. Um, But I know we have put some formal internal sustainability programs into place, so we'd love to hear more about that, what we're doing on the TCC side. Sure, sure. I'm really excited about uh, expanding the sustainability program. We had a, a meeting just this past Friday to identify our goals, sort of firm things up. We had identified them, but now we have sort of an implementation plan. And um, we have three uh, basic pillars for our sustainability program, and uh, they're unique to TCC. It's the philosophy, first of all, that's what we believe here. Uh, Next, it's data. And really, Rob drove this, um, um, you know, he wants it to be scientifically based. Um, the science that supports our decisions and, uh, and, uh, and our goals. So that's the data. And then practice, uh, also called how we implement our sustainability program. So philosophy, data, and practice. 
So for practice, the actions that we're taking this year, some really fun, you mentioned the, um, the paper recycling. Um, and we really have beefed up our recycling program. And that's just through our commitment as a company and our educating our staff and even visitors to, to the facility and our sales team who might be external. We're really getting everyone on board, not just to talk about it, but to walk the walk. So that's good news. Um, but we're doing things on our campus that, that it's a lot of fun. Last year, we became a wildlife habitat, certified wildlife habitat. So this year, uh, the proposal is a little more targeted. It's to encourage pollinators. It has a, a bit of a silly name. It's bats, bees, and birds. Um, but uh, for those of you who are sort of environmentally savvy, it makes perfect sense because we have a campus here. Even today, we have birds like everywhere on a cold winter day. So we're going to try to capitalize on that. And it will be for the benefit of our employees if you're out taking a break. You know, in the spring, you'll be seeing all of this wildlife activity uh, and for our visitors and for the environment. Uh, we're going to hopefully install bat boxes, uh, butterfly mm -hmm. nesting boxes, uh, things like that, so that we're creating more habitat um, around our campus. Um, the other things we're doing are, you know, I mean, more serious and not as much, not so playful, not... Um, uh, but more business-oriented, and that is what we, you talked about it earlier. We discussed, uh, you know, improving our due diligence in our business relations and knowing more about uh, warehouses, for example. Not, um, not a, a, a fancy topic, but an important topic in so many levels fr from environmental uh, um, or, or carbon uh, 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 viewpoint. So, Absolutely. for example, if you have a, a facility in let's say New Jersey, and your supplier is in Pennsylvania, it makes so much sense to have that facility nearby. You require less trucking, you can get the product to the customer quicker, et cetera. So those are just a couple of examples of what we hope the sustainability program will accomplish. Yeah, something our logistics team has talked about a lot, uh, especially with imports and exports with how difficult trucking has been, is making sure materials coming into ports that are nearby your end customer, using warehouses nearby your end customer, partially for the availability and actually being able to find the truck to deliver it, but also, you're right, partially with limiting carbon emissions and um, being able to reduce some of that uh, is a, a nice added benefit as well. Exactly. Maybe some of that shouldn't be an added benefit, but one of those kind of core focuses that, that companies... It's good business and good for the environment. And I think the data thing's interesting. I think sustainability is one of those sort of buzzwords that you hear about a lot, and especially a lot of big corporations are kind of flaunting and talking about what, they, what they're doing. Um, but unless you can actually put data behind it, talk about what you're doing, what percentage more sustainable you became, or how these projects came along, otherwise it's just saying, yeah, we recycle and we do this, and it's, it's not really data-driven and, and being able to be approved. So I think the data part's a, a nice added benefit to that as well. Agree, agree. Well, I think that's a good list. There's a lot of stuff going on. You guys are certainly busy with the sustainability and the regulatory piece, in addition to, obviously, all the other seven hats you both wear. So a lot going on there. Um, any final thoughts, comments, concerns, things you're working on, things you're looking at for the year? Uh, upcoming, I'll say uh, I've got a deadline for Sarah of the Right to Know Act on March 1st. Um, 
So I don't know if I mentioned that or not earlier, but everybody in the chemical industry is going to be making this report. Anybody who stores chemicals has a duty to report, um, and it's hazardous and toxic chemicals. So that's coming up right around the corner. This year in our region, in EPA Region 1, they're going to have some training for people in the industry, and maybe we can link those EPA websites to our a podcast sure. so that you know other industry partners will have a quick way to just link on that and 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 uh, get the training get the advantage of training if if it's the first time you're doing it it could be super helpful yeah absolutely mm-hmm. how about you Kaylin? preparing for our upcoming surveillance audit for iso it's usually around the springtime so this is a good um you know warm up for me to prepare for that yeah and also, we did just have upper management review um, as part of the ISO. So we talked about some of the areas we can improve. So starting to plan out for the next cycle, what um, types of emergency drills we'll be doing, um, making the office um, more improved as far as you know safety and health and environment. And yeah, that is as far as regulatory. I mean, I do a lot of other things. I'm very busy. So, um, but from a regulatory perspective, that's what's coming down the pipeline. And you probably have a unique perspective on a lot of this stuff because obviously you're dealing with, I guess, both customers and I guess more so suppliers, you know, in the customer service part of the role. Um, so you see maybe how that benefits or um, which suppliers have it or don't have it or are requesting the certification. So you probably have a kind of unique perspective rather than just doing the regulatory piece of it, also dealing with customers and suppliers and obviously salespeople and things like that. So it probably provides a unique perspective on everything. Definitely. And this is the time of year when a lot of requests for the certification comes in. Sure. And sometimes I think if you only knew what all the documents that go behind that one yeah. piece of paper, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty remarkable. Well, I think it's a, it's a very timely, probably time of year to do this episode. I, I didn't really plan that on purpose, but it worked out very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of this info is good. I think like we talked about a little bit in the beginning, you know, especially people on the sales or the product management side may not have an in-depth understanding of ISO or the responsible distribution. So hopefully this whole episode was a lot of good content. Obviously we will have the, I think each of these, whatever, seven or eight topics split out into some mini um, videos as well. It'll be available both on the website and on our social media channels. So a lot of good info, a lot of hopefully easy to digest info. I think it was a great overview on each of these programs and update on what's to come for 2022. So um, it was great having you both on the episode. Appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and, you know, maybe we'll do a follow up here in six months or so to see how things are going. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of changes, updates, additions, things that are new in the regulatory landscape. Seems like it's always changing. Sustainability continues to grow and be one of those topics. So I'm sure there's always going to be plenty to talk about. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, As always, we thank you for listening. Um, We'll have a bunch of links and notes and updates down in the show notes wherever you're streaming this, both on the audio version as well as uh, wherever you're streaming the video version. So feel free to scroll down or check out the website for all those links. Um, But as always, we appreciate you listening, appreciate you viewing, hopefully, the uh, video version here produced by Kettle Bottom Creative. And uh, we'll catch you next time.